happy tenant is a good tenant. We did not intend to be in the property management business. The property management industry is very sharing. We're providing housing for human lives. And life happens to everybody. You don't manage as many properties as I do without the stories. Like six grown men jump back like, what the hell was that? Something's about to eat us. You're listening to the Property Manager Podcast, brought to you by Buildion. Real stories, real people. Hi there. We're here to share with you real stories from real property managers. I'm Caroline Thompson from Buildium, and I'll be your guide throughout this season of the Property Manager Podcast. As a storyteller, I've noticed a problem in the property management industry. There is no simple way to access other property managers on a regular basis. Sure, there are your online networks, workshops, and conferences, but this is an opportunity to hear your peers' thoughts from the comfort of wherever you are, whenever you can. This season, we'll be talking with a variety of property managers from all over the country with very different portfolios to learn their personal stories. We'll be covering how they got started, how they grew their business and the challenges that come with that, advice they have for other property managers, and so much more. So join us on this informative, entertaining, and hopefully relatable journey. To get things started, here's Leah Slaughter of OmniKey Realty, which is located in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas. Her first taste of the realty industry was not to her liking and caused her to jump headfirst into the industry. Once she began, there was no stopping her. Leah discusses how she had no idea where she'd be where she is today, with the success she's had in the industry. She goes into detail about the challenges she faces every day as her business scales and how she overcomes them. As Leah's business has grown, so has her team, and the way she has shaped and builds them is a driving force behind her success. Let's dive in to learn more about Leah's story. My name is Leah Slaughter. I'm the owner of OmniKey Realty. We're in our 13th year and my husband and I were middle school sweethearts. We bought our first house at 18 and 19 and we'd been kind of raised around the business and really been interested in investments even when we were teenagers and had our first company. And so we bought our property and it was in an area that we felt would be a good investment on highway growth and a lot of other things. And the people that we worked with were mediocre and refused to let us negotiate. I got pushed back. And I guess I was just at that point, it was kind of a no brainer that this was something that we could do better. And that's really what got us started. When Lee and her husband were initially purchasing their first home, they did not have an enjoyable experience. She walked away from this thinking that they could do it differently and in a way that others would enjoy more. They started by working with investors and investment properties. So they were not your traditional real estate firm. To differentiate their company, Lee and her husband started doing unique things that most other companies we're not doing at the time. One of the things that we did was decided that part of being a good property management company was treating everybody like family and treating the asset as your own. And so we started a lot of things that really no one else was doing at the time. We started doing flat fee listings for people looking to sell investment property and owner-occupied property. And then all of the homes and units that we had under management, we started doing quarterly visits, but we didn't charge for them. So we started doing a lot of these unique things that at the time were pretty unheard of. And it really allowed us just to blossom and bloom. And we grew like crazy. And uh, now in, in North Texas alone, we've got almost a thousand units. Leah's company has grown drastically over the past 13 years since they started. We asked her how she continues to innovate today and what makes her company unique to stand out among her competitors? Not so much about innovating anymore because we really did all that on the front end, which is why we're successful now. We are unique in that we really don't market. Um, most of our business comes from referral. There comes a point in property management where your name is so much spread and, and so well known that 
really the the leads kind of come to themselves. Really the one thing that has set us apart and allowed us to continue to grow and just blossom is the majority of my competitors that are anywhere close to my size have sold out. We built ourselves on this mom and pop husband and wife owned model. And even now with a team of almost 40 people, we still are that mom and pop model. Every owner knows who I am. Every client knows how to reach me personally. Although we're still looking for ways to be unique and take advantage of this changing market, we also are keeping core to our values that started. No matter how much we grow or you know how large we get and how many employees we have, that we are still the people who run this business and the people who are involved in the every day-to-day of this business and that these owners are not just clients, they're friends, they're colleagues, and making sure that we do everything for them that we can to help them have a successful portfolio, but also know that we're here to help guide them and be there for them in both the personal and professional capacity. And it's about making sure that we hold true to those values that made us who we are. I was really impressed with the fact that Leah's grown so quickly and has so many properties now while still staying true to her foundational core values. Earlier, she mentioned it's a human business and that she values the relationships she creates. She also mentioned they all know her face and name and have her phone number. I then asked Leah, how does she maintain that all as she scales and grows? Just don't sleep. No. It's a lot of multitasking. It's a lot of time management and making sure that I have the team around me to let that happen. And so, you know, it's interesting. A lot of what I do is the guidance and the advice and the, you know, Leah, look, this is what's going on. What would you recommend I do? Leah, this is my portfolio. Where do you think I can scale it? It's I have to pick and choose what pieces I'm involved in. So, for instance, our quarterly visits, I still to this day look over every single one, all of them. And it's something that it becomes more and more difficult as we get larger and larger. And I have people who do the you know back end of it, but there's not one walkthrough that our company looks at that I don't see. And so as we get larger and larger, it's about time management more than anything. And I'm blessed that I run this business with my husband and my best friend from middle school. And so we are able to do that together as a tag team. And, you know, I really couldn't do it without the team we've built around us. There were days where I was doing my own walkthroughs. And I remember those days 10 years ago. And it's amazing looking back and seeing where we've come. And so I'm always you know, asking myself, where can I be better and where can I manage my time better? And now I'm running a multi-million dollar firm and I just turned 30. So you mentioned that you have grown so quickly and I believe you said you've been in the industry for about 10 years or so. Um, and so I'm wondering, many, I think many people really make an emphasis on that. This is not an overnight success. Like you definitely have to put the time and work and everything in. Um, so I'd love to hear more about your growth story specifically of when you got started and how you got to the point where you are today and that you've had so much success. Really, you know, in the beginning, it was about hustling. Our first week in the industry, we went door to door. You know, back then we didn't have MapQuest and MapsCo. So everybody was very much tailored to one area. And what we did is we started looking at some of these online companies and we said, we'll work anywhere. So I'd be showing in South Dallas County one day and up in Sherman four hours later. And, you know, really the sky was the limit in what we were willing to do. And then we got into flat fee listings, which was at the time, no one knew what that was. You know, now they're everywhere, but we started listing hundreds of flat fee listings. And so it started creating buyer calls nonstop and getting into investment property because people were buying investments in the height of the market. And so it was a lot of thinking outside the box, but also just time commitment and being willing to put in the hours. Leah's company quickly took off after their initial introduction to the industry. But once the real estate crash began, a new opportunity emerged. During this time, Leah also credits their growth to being a one-stop shop, which was kind of rare at the time in the industry. And so when the market fell, we were in a position that we had these investors, we had the clientele, we had the properties. We just, 
it was the perfect recipe. We already had the connections. And then what happened, the market fell and real estate agents were struggling to you know, find buyers because people just weren't buying. And so what we saw was a lot of people got into property management without any experience in property management. And it created a lot of problems for a lot of companies. And so the next few years, focusing from about 2009 all the way up to about 2013, was taking over where other management companies had not done what they needed to do. Um, we took over accounts where money was missing, where properties had been destroyed, where people that had habitual bankruptcies had been put in and we were having to go to bankruptcy court and get lift stays. We had properties that had been sitting vacant for six to nine months, tons of vandalism in some of the higher risk areas. And then we had a whole other facet of people who couldn't afford to sell because the market fell. So they came to us to either do a short sale or to have it managed until they could get the value back so they could sell out. Really, the, the way that we grew was doing a little bit of everything and being a jack of all trades at that point in time just wasn't something that you saw at real estate firms and certainly not with people who also took the time to learn the industry and make sure that they were going to the classes and getting the designations and doing all those things. And so, you know, it was just a different model. And, and one of the biggest things people have always told me is we're not the norm. And I will be the first one to admit that we're not the norm. We never have been, but I think that's why we are where we are. It's important for anyone who's in this business and anyone who's working in property management to, to understand all those different pieces and make sure that you can keep track of those moving puzzle pieces. And that's what's going to be successful, having something that you can offer that nobody else can. A company's core values are the foundation for their growth. And throughout our conversation, Leah constantly returns to hers. They're the motive behind every decision and move Omniki makes. And they're kind of a gut check for Leah and her husband. Even as we continue to grow, it's those core values I go back to that making sure that we're still in it for the right reasons and we're still treating everybody's assets as I treat my own. Um, I think that's paramount to success and making sure that you're running a business that it really can help people because it's not just about the money. It's not just about the income and the growth and all those things. It's also about making a difference because if there aren't people doing what we do, then you're going to have those rundown houses in the middle of your neighborhood that you're having to call your HOA on. You're going to have the house at the end of the street that goes into foreclosure because they tried to rent it out and they couldn't, or they got a bad tenant who trashed it. There's so many things that go into property management and investment property as a whole. And I think that a lot of people on the outside don't really understand all those inner workings. And I think that's super important that you have to kind of find that niche in the industry and that what makes your company unique and stand out. Um, and I know you mentioned that your company is not the norm and you kind of kept referencing the core values that you started when you started your company. And I'm very curious to learn how you created those. Were those more personal and just kind of your personal um, opinions or thoughts or like how did those start and then shape your company and then kind of lead it towards where it is today? Oh, you know, the first thing was I felt like the way that I was treated when we bought our property was terrible. I felt like that because it was a hot market, because it was a good market, there was this feeling in the industry that take what you can get. And I think that's a really dangerous model for anybody. I think complacency is something that is a, a dangerous path because I think that there's so many opportunities for people to have an opinion, for people to do something different. And I'll just, I'll never forget when I went to that agent and I said, hey, I wanna negotiate 5,000 off, the place needs some work. And he said, no. And the minute I heard that word, my wheels started turning and all I kept thinking was, well, why, why not? Why wouldn't I want 
negotiate this? It, you know, why wouldn't I want to try to get a good deal for myself? We got in the business a few months later and the first thing I thought to myself is why wouldn't we try to do something good for people? Why wouldn't I do things differently? And even looking at the first firm that we worked at that also specialized in a lot of investment property, it was that same question. We just kept asking ourselves, why is it being done this way? Leah then goes into detail about how those initial core values they created in the beginning have not only shaped their company, but also their overall mindset. She strongly believes investing in relationships will have a huge impact on the success of their business. From her employees to her clients, how she interacts with everyone has an effect. The first thing I did when we sat down and started this company was, what are we going to do different? What have we seen that we're going to do different? And that really was the driving force and it still is today. And when my staff comes to me with something that maybe isn't working or something that's confusing or time consuming, one of the first things that we do here is we all sit down, all of the management at the company, and we come up with a better way to do it, a faster way to do it. And, you know, one of the things that we did two years into the business was we went negative every month. There are commitments and things that you have to do to make a company successful. And we knew that there were things we had to do to do things better. And I took the risk and was willing to go negative to make that happen. From day one, it was all about what can we do to be the best we can be and be the best at what we're doing. And there are many good companies out there and I would never sit here and tell you I'm the best. But will I tell you that my clients think I'm the best? Absolutely. And that's because most of them came from another company who does things a different way. And it's about finding what works for you. And my commitment day one was, I want to do what's best for the client and I will come second. Today, their team is compiled of about 40 people. And with such a large team, I wanted to learn how she ensures that they're all representing the company's core values consistently. Leah mentioned that the hiring process is actually the first step and then describes what she is specifically looking for in each potential employee that she's interviewing. So number one, it starts with hiring. It, of course, makes sure that I meet with everyone before they're hired and uh, make sure that it's a jive. You know, it, it doesn't matter what someone's done in the past for their employment. One of the, the biggest things I disagree with is that people have to have experience coming into this business. I prefer people who don't and I can kind of teach them day one. There's certain things I look for. I look for good people. And when I say good people, I mean people who have values themselves. And so I want someone who can sit in front of me and understand when I'm talking about honesty and transparency. Transparency is a big word I use with my employees a lot. And it's an important one. I, I'm a big believer and I tell my employees this all the time. Everyone's going to make mistakes. Own up to them. Come to me. We'll get it taken care of. Lie to me once you're fired. And that has been my mentality all the way through. And it's because someone that you can trust and someone that you can count on is someone that's always going to be there and do what's right. They may not always do it right because that's humanity, right? We're all going to make mistakes. I make mistakes frequently. It's just part of being human. But it's how we handle them and how we move forward from them that defines us as people, as, as parents, as business owners, all of the above. And so it's making sure that you have the right team around you, making sure that they can understand those core values, making sure they understand that we're transparent, making sure that they can understand that the customer always comes first, making sure they understand that at 40 hours, your week is done. At 40 hours, you go home, you let it go, you come back Monday morning. It's, it's just a very different way of looking at employment. Some people are very much about what have you done in the past? What can you do already that's going to help me? Not what are you capable of? So looking at someone, for example, I've been at companies before where people have to have a degree. That's not something that I look at. I find that 
It's all about what they're capable of. So if someone can sit across from me in an interview and hold my attention and talk to me and have a conversation where I, I feel a, a sense of trust and calm, that to me is going to go leaps and bounds further than someone who maybe has an impressive resume. And so it's about building that right team. It's about the interview process. It's about making sure you have people who want to be there. The most dangerous thing I think as an employer is hiring people who just need a job. I want people who want a career, people who want to be here and do this for life. I'm blessed to have employees who are very much like a family. We all joke around together. We eat lunch together. We do these things that I feel like are like a family. Once their team began to take shape, Leah approaches team responsibilities in a bit of a unique way. So in terms of the business itself, everyone is trained in something specifically. So instead of having one person who's over 20 or 30 properties as their account, everyone does a specific job. So one person runs lease application, one person looks at bills, one person handles tenant calls, one person handles writing listings. Everyone has a segregated job. And so what that does is it allows everyone to be a master of something, but no one has to be a master of everything. The company can do everything, but there are people who specialize in each item so that when you're talking to someone or when someone is working on something, they know what they're doing and they always know they can come to us for help and get that guidance and get the training. But I think one place that many companies go wrong in property management is they try to have one person handle everything. And I think it's just too much. There's too many facets of property management. I couldn't handle everything, so I wouldn't expect an employee to. And by having everything divided out, it's very easy when we need more help in one department to bring someone on for that department. So it's very easy when you're growing and adding employees and adding properties to be able to train someone in one system with someone already in that system there, as opposed to having to hire someone to run a series of accounts and learn how to do 40 different things. And so I think that that method has been one of the things that has led to our success. Leah describes how her management style has developed to where it is today and the reasons behind how she handles certain situations, including how to keep her staff motivated. Is we always promote from within. And so, of course, having that opportunity for advancement is key. We help anyone who comes to work for us that does not have a license to obtain a license. And then, of course, work leads and earn commissions. And so there's always this bigger, bigger step in this company. My, my vice president at one point was doing my filing. So, uh, you know, anyone here has the opportunity to work their way up. The biggest piece is having your employees know that you support them, having them know that you care about their well-being and having open dialogue with them. You know, we, we're a big firm, we get very busy, and there's a lot of things we do that cause certain seasons to be bigger, busier than others. Like we tier almost every single lease we have into prime season. So in a three month period, every single lease we have just about comes up for renewal. So you can imagine what prime season's like for us, it's crazy. So one of the things is making sure those employees know that whatever happens, we're here, we're here to help, we're here to get them more help if they need it. You just have to come to us with that open dialogue. And I think that having an open door to your boss, no matter how big the company gets, being able to text your boss at 10 o'clock at night to joke around, uh, you know, doing company luncheons and events and having everybody over to our house and, you know, going out to the casino to go, you know, blow stress, all the little different things that we do. It's just a way to, to build that team. But it's also about making sure that they want to be here, that they want to be in this business. I am brutal in my interviews. I tell people property management is stressful. Real estate is stressful, but property management's a whole other level. 
You're going to be yelled at. You're going to be threatened. You're going to be making someone mad every day, even if you do everything right. And so I tell people, if you cannot handle stress and go home and let it go, this is not the business for you. I think you touched upon a lot of good points, especially the, it just has to be a good fit because the industry is so unique and challenging and stressful. Um, And then you also talked about building that company culture, which I think is so important for any employee in whatever company they're in. Um, but you did mention that you have like a prime leasing season and I actually wanted to have a few questions about that. Um, you kind of went over that about the challenges and how stressful it is and you kind of prepare your team members for that. But I wanted to go in more detail of how do you prepare and what do those stresses look like and then how does this then affect your team? So number one, we joke about it all year. And we, uh, we, we have a lot of meetings to determine how we can best tackle summer. So one of the things that we do is we bring in contractor temp employees to help during summer, that we bring them in well before summer to get them trained up. Um, we love working with college students or those that are looking to get into the business. So those that are currently pursuing a real estate license, they work out fantastic. And then many of them wind up coming on board full time. Preparing for summer, it's something that you have to prepare months in advance for. I've gone into summer before thinking I had enough help and not having enough help and having to do it myself. It's it's about knowing what's going on, but also asking what's going on because not everybody's going to come to you. As much as I want transparency and I want that open door, I'm still the boss. And so it's important that people know when, when I bring them in here and we do our meetings and we're chatting about this, that if someone comes to us that they're behind or they're stressed or whatever it may be, that when that conversation happens, that you're willing to do something to help. And so the more that you help them when they need it, the more they're going to come to you for help when they need it. After 13 years in the industry, Lee reflects on how her company has changed and grown and what she looks forward to next. I never would have thought in 2006 when we started this company that I'd be sitting here with you know thousands of clients and properties and we wanted to be different, but I didn't realize how much of a need there was for that. I didn't realize how many people were unhappy with how their properties were being managed and just the general property management industry. That's awesome to hear. I, I know you kind of touched upon how you, your main goal is to be successful and it sounds like you're definitely on your way there, if not already there. Um, so I'm curious, what's your definition of success? My definition is knowing that I'm going to be able to support myself and my family and um, that at the end of the day, I can feel proud about the work I'm doing. Honestly, that that's really about it. Do you think this affects kind of your day to day and how you continually... I don't know if it affects like the work that you're doing or how you work towards these goals or anything like that. Always striving for something better, always striving to be better yourself is something that's really important as human beings. And certainly as business owners, I can honestly sit here and tell you that I am a much better boss than I was five years ago. I'm a much better friend than I was five years ago. I'm, I'm a much better property manager than I was five years ago. And so continually striving to do better and be better and recognizing your limitations and and the things that you're doing wrong. I think it's really important. And so really the majority of the goals that we set and the things that we look at as business owners and where we want to go and where we've come from is how can we do this better and how can we be better? And if that remains the core value of everything you do and the core goal of everything you do, I think you're always going to be successful. And I think that good things are always going to come to you because If you're in it for the right reasons and you're doing it for the right reasons and you're committed to what you're doing and you believe in what you're doing, I think that that is the backbone of a successful business. After talking with a variety of property managers, I've quickly learned there are crazy stories out there that they all have experienced. I couldn't let the opportunity pass without asking Leah what her favorite story is. Probably the best story I have is a property I had in South Dallas and um, this area got hit really hard in the recession and a lot of vandalism happened. People with copper theft going and stealing copper. And 
so we had this house and we told the owner it was a really bad area. We thought he should sell it. And, um, the property got broken into, I think two days after the tenant moved out, they must've known the tenant was moving. And, you know, we put alarm systems on and things, but there are some areas that the police don't show to, or they don't show fast enough. And so this house got gutted. We filed an insurance claim, go in and replace the copper and halfway through replacing the copper, it gets broken into again with the alarm system on the house. So they strip the house a second time. So file another claim, go to, you know, get the copper replaced yet again and get a different alarm system, change some settings and things and notify the police, you know, on and on. And so our contractor is almost complete with this process. We've got it up. We're ready to sell it. And the vendor goes in one morning to do work and he walks into the house and goes to get started. And all of a sudden a guy falls through the ceiling, of course, holding the line set and is stuck in the ceiling. And so of all the stories I have, that one probably stands with me the most because all I can remember is him describing this scene of him and his guys walking into this house third time it's getting vandalized and the guy falls through the ceiling holding the copper. So, moral, of the story, moral of the story, when your agent tells you to sell a house because it's a really bad area, probably should take her advice. Today we heard from Leah who has had a crazy journey entering and growing her business in the property management industry. She has taken it and flipped it upside down by initially developing out-of-the-box ideas to edge out her competition. Leah has also made sure to stick to her core values and to make sure they're felt and practiced throughout her team. However, her story is only one of many. There are always different ways of handling things and I'd love to hear your approach. Or if we didn't cover something you'd like to hear more of, please let us know. Feel free to email us questions and comments at podcast at buildium.com or find Buildium on social media and use the hashtag Buildium Podcast. I promise you we'll read every single one and it'll only help us to continually improve our show. So thank you in advance. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Property Manager Podcast to not miss out on any future episodes. We'll be releasing a new one every other week. Thanks for listening.